Cuídalos mi virgencita, cuídalos mi yemayá Oh mi yemayá, quítame lo malo Oh mío, quítame lo malo y échalo en el mar Oh mi yemayá, quítame lo malo Quítame lo malo y échalo en el mar Oh mío, yemayá, acepto los días mamá Mire mi sobo Somehow I just lost my microphone. Hang on one minute. Check, check. I check, check. I'm thinking I'm having issues with my microphone. Check, check. For some reason, I don't hear myself. Check, check. Check, check. Am I coming in clear? So tonight's guest is Lila Morano of Miss Rain's Conjure Shop who's been a practitioner of root work and conjure for over 20 years. Raised in Staten Island, New York, her paternal lineage has over 100 years of history on the island, with most of her family members buried in the historic Sandy Ground Cemetery located in Rosville area. Sandy Ground is one of New York City's oldest African-American enclaves. One of the community's greatest assets was the Roseville AME Zion Church, founded in 1850. The church was notably, the uh, most notable member was Reverend Thomas James, famed abolitionist and civil rights leader. It's also most famously served as a stop on the Underground Railroad route. Lila Marino is a Reiki master with two bands of energetic healing is certified in crystal therapy and is also initiated into the lineage of Kalo Kim, yeah, I'm sorry, Paulo Kimbisa. So let me reach out and bring our wonderful guest on. Hello. 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 Hello.
see if we can get her answering. I'm wondering if she is having a problem. I know she was just listening to a live video by a wonderful person, so I'm wondering if she is still listening live. <laughs> Let me try reaching out to her again. And we seem to be having an issue trying to reach our wonderful guest today. If she's listening, please give a call to me on Skype at the moment. So we've got Ifa Abeo currently in the chat room, and I appear to have fixed my microphone issue. So thank you for letting me know that everything sounds good. So I'm hoping... When we speak to Layla, we will be doing some discussions on some charms as well as some oracle cards that she is in the process of developing. Now, I know Layla was a little bit nervous prior to the show. Let's see if I can reach her on the Facebook. So we are going to try calling another time. Hey, good evening. Hello. So happy to have you here. You? I'm good. And how about yourself? Hold on, because for some reason I cannot hear you. You can't hear me at all? Um, it's very low. Hold on a minute. Okay. Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you much better now. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. Sorry I missed you a couple times when I called. I kind of figured maybe you got lost listening to Amberzine, because we all can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, now you're a priestess in Palo Cambisa. Uh, you're also a conjure worker and a root worker, correct? Okay, so explain to our listeners, you know, as a diviner, how divining helps you within your spiritual practices. Well, I need to be, I'm getting some backlash on, on this call. I need to be able to um, use divination in order for me to determine if I can do work and if work can be done and then what kind of work needs to be done for a client and even for myself. So like a lot of, you know, spiritual workers, you know, we divine on everything. 
And depending on the answers that we get, we either do the work or we don't do the work. And if spirit says absolutely not, spirit says, right. And it also allows us to figure out what it is that we actually need to do, you know, spiritually for a client, you know, what types of items may be needed, what type of ritual or cleansing or things of that nature. And that's all things that are done through divination. Absolutely. And sometimes nothing needs to be done. Sometimes it's just a person's, you know, uh, change in their, in their behavior. Okay. Um, I, I get a lot of work for, you know, uh, well, not like, uh, I can't say work, but I get a lot of inquiries for work, um, from women, <laughs> who are usually trying to, you know, they're looking for love or, you know, they want to hold on to someone um, that usually isn't healthy for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's because they're a little bit digmatized. um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of times I don't end up doing anything for them, you know, because my whole thing is, you know, especially when I'm divining on something, it is about empowerment, you know, um, and usually when I, when I have ended up telling women, so, so obviously I'm not getting, you know, doing anything um, conjure-wise or apollo-wise or root work-wise for them, is trying to, you know, help and empower themselves and separate from um, whatever they feel that they need from this person, which usually is, is just, for, you know, being familiar with them. So divining is very important because a lot of times nothing needs to be done for anyone. Right. And, you know, it's very important, you know, and I'm glad that you brought that up, that there's a lot of issues that have nothing to do with bring somebody to me, you know, make our relationship better, because sometimes you have to empower the other person to say, look, let's see what we need to help you overcome this, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's a toxic relationship, why are you feeling the need to stay in it? You know, empower yourself to become a stronger person, you know, to look for something that's going to absolutely help you, you know, a lot better. And those are things that in divining, you know, sometimes people overlook, you know, in reference to doing spiritual work. Yeah. And they really do a disservice to their client if they're not looking for the client's best interest overall. Absolutely. And usually what ends up happening, I've had um, one client who, um, I guess because she couldn't, you know, get get to me to to do work for her. Because the thing is that a lot of workers take on work (coughs) without Mm -hmm. divining first. Yes. Okay. Um, And there's there's several (laughs) of them um, (coughs) online that do so. And a, a few of their customers have come to me after they've gone to this person to have work done, spent an enormous amount of, of money and just screwed up everything. You know, sometimes they, they would try to do like a breakup spell. And what would end up happening is that the person didn't want to have anything to do with them at all. So whatever work that they paid $750 or $1,500 for, um, now it's it ended in shambles and it's disastrous. Why? Because that worker did not divine on a situation. Right. And it's one of those things that, you know, as a diviner, as a spiritual worker, and I'll use the word spiritual, you know, in quotes, because you really, really need, you know, to be spiritual and look at lifting somebody up. 
You know, it's not all about the dollar. You know, it's not all about, you know, what's in it for me. It's if I have work that I have to do for a person and I know it's not in their best interests, it's not going to get done. Even without divining, you know, if I think it's not in their best interest, I'm not going to touch it. You know, Absolutely. and divination, because I know that you do chamalungos, you do mm-hmm. oracle cards, you do um, charms. I mean, you do a lot. You also read shells, you know. Yeah. So do you use your charms when you're divining on spiritual work? I do, and usually I'll use it. So there's quite a few people, probably, you know, some some people listening now um, that have come to me for readings, and they can hear me not only shuffling my cards, um, but my charms as well. It depends on the situation because sometimes I'll, you know, knowing that I have a call with someone, I'll sit and, you know, meditate on that person for a little while. And um, a lot of times I already know what they're coming to me for. If they're coming to me for relationship issues, if they're coming to me because they need, you know, some kind of cleansing or road opening or whatever. So I usually know what I have to have on hand when that person calls me. Um, So what I'll do is I'll do the cards and then I'll follow up because I'm a Lenormand fan. Oh, yes. (laughs) We had Rana on here. I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) so, I love you know, I, I love I them. Have, I have practically every Lenormand deck that there is, and um, so I'll use those those cards, and then I'll follow up with my charms. Now I have a charm set that is actually fashioned after the Lenormand deck. Oh, nice! And, um, yeah, I have I have um, I did a reading for my daughter, so I'm just waiting for her to come in. So whatever I did with the cards, it matches what I did with the charms. But the charms told me a little bit more without me actually have to break out certain cards to see why I got this. So when she comes in, I'll sit down with her and I'll go over her reading for her. But yeah, I I usually do. And if it's something where um, I need to look a little deeper into a situation, then I'll I'll go and I'll use the shells. Okay. So definitely the charms. The charms always back up. Um, because, you know, they're the same as the Lenormand deck. They always back up whatever I do. You know, I think it's funny a lot of times because I've done the same thing, you know, with clients, students, and I'll be, you know, either doing a reading or I'll be teaching them how to read cards and I'll be throwing down cards and I'll be saying, look, here's your answers. And then I'll use, you know, I'll do Lenormand's. Then I'll use a T deck. Then I'll use the Charms. Then I'll use an antique deck, you know, and I'll show them, I'm just like, all the same answers, you know, a little bit more info, you know, depending on which style I use, you know, but it always surprises me and shocks me sometimes that I can do like, you know, five different systems and get the same results, you know. So explain to our listeners who may or may not know, you know, exactly what charms are. Okay, so um, reading charms is pretty much similar to bone reading. Okay, so um, when when we did the the gala in New York, um, Michelle Jackson, um, who I, I couldn't wait to see what she was going to do with with the uh, bones and everything, um, you know, she sat down and she gave like a little lesson and stuff like that, and I was like, wow, this is pretty similar to when I'm reading charms. So you know. Um, the you know when you throw the charms down, 
um, you usually look to see what's closest to each other, like within a cluster. And that's right. the part that I'll read. So whatever else is further away, which is pretty similar to the way Michelle Jackson laid everything out um, when she was doing the bone reading, and she'll, she'll look at that cluster and read that cluster and then you know push everything away. So that's pretty much how I do uh, charm reading. And since it is pretty similar, you know, to, uh, or the, my charm set is fashioned after Lenormand's, it's very easy for me to read, so I'll just let the charms tell me a story. Okay? So, okay. for instance, you know, I have, like, okay, like, so say there's, like, seven charms that all fell together. There's, like, the snake, there's a fox, um, there's a fish, um, there's a tower, which usually can represent, you know, a work, a bank, um, something legal or whatever. Or it could, you know, some re represent something from the past as well. Um, so basically with those four charms right there, I'm looking at something that is deceitful regarding money and or something deceitful regarding the workplace. Right. Okay. So, now so that's how I'll, I'll look at that. And then what I'll do, you know, it's usually what I'll have is my cards laid out first and then I'll back it up with the charms and I'll go by the cluster that has like the most activity there. So you throw all your charms at once? I throw all my charms at once. Okay. Because, you know, I don't do that with my charms. I do it with my bones. With okay. my charms, you know, I keep them in a cup or a bowl, you know, and I'll ask my question. You can hear me playing around with them right now. <laughs> and I'll grab, you know, a pinch, a few. Like, right before the show, I pulled out um, the spider, the balance scales, the seahorse, and the anchor. You know? Okay. And, and looking at it, for me, you know, the, the spider is about, you know, sometimes like a grandmother. But for me, as soon as I saw it, the first thing that popped into my head was godmother. <laughs> you know, and, you know, balancing the time because, you know, the seahorse likes to kind of float along. It's not in any hurry to get anywhere. You know, it's very happy just to float and just to be. And the anchor tells me that, you know, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be solid. It's probably going to go over time because, you know, it's going to be a balance of, you know, keeping an even pace, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't always pull out the charms or even cards most of the time before, you know, I do a show. But I kind of felt compelled, <laughs> you know, before right. the show to do this. And the, the balance probably also was, you know, me calling you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And going, oh, maybe she's still listening <laughs> to the other show. Actually, no, I was actually scrolling through Instagram, to be honest with you, and I was expecting the phone to ring, and it didn't. So I was like, something said, go and check to see if you missed a phone call, and I obviously did. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, that happens. You know, it's technology. It is what it is. You know, I can't let any little tiny thing, you know, throw wrench into anything I do. Of course. You know. So how long have you been reading charms? Oh, reading charms for me is actually a pretty new concept. Um, I, you know, was thinking of a different way to, this is, this is when I was thinking of my, my Oracle deck. So, you know, I was like, wow, you know, maybe I could, cause, you know, I shopped on Etsy a lot. Uh, so I, do I. I also, made, <laughs> I also made bracelets. 
So I was thinking of, you know, there was a couple of things that were going that was going through my head as usual. So there was the whole concept of the Oracle deck, which I wanted to um, pretty much, you know, follow in the fashion of Lenormand's, but with a more modern feel, you know, things that we deal with every day. Um, right. And then I was thinking of what I was going to add to some new bracelets that I was making. So I was looking at charms, and I was like, wow, I, was, I could look at the fish. That could be the tower. That could be the flowers. You know, this is, represents faith. This represents the house. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I could do something with the charms that, you know, follows Lenormand. And um, so what I did was, you know, to see if my idea was original, which it wasn't, um, I saw that there were other people who were doing the same thing and actually made, um, instead of having a cloth, had like a board that they made like, you know, um, after the 36 Lenormand cards. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just gonna get these charms. I'm just gonna get these charms that represent everything in that card deck and I'm going to read this for myself, you know, and use this for myself. So probably about two years I've been working with the charms. I actually have my uh, five-year-old granddaughter doing the same thing. She has her own little charm set. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> teach them young. Yeah, exactly. Teach them young. So, um, yeah, so really only about two years that I've been divining with the charms. And I love it. I think it, you know, it, it adds a nice touch to when you're, when you're pulling cards. So if you're doing them um, as they're fashioned after Lenormand's, do you mm -hmm. find them more fluid than traditional, like, Lorman card reading? I actually do. Um, I actually do. But what, so sometimes if I'm a little bit stuck with um, the Lenormand card deck, you know, because sometimes that'll happen. You're like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Especially if you see, like in the beginning, you'll see the sun, you'll see the stork, you know, you'll see the stars. And then after that, you get the clouds and the cross. You're like, okay, well, let me see what's going on here. Why, why did I get all of this? Okay, mm -hmm. so then I'll break out the, the clouds and then I'll break out, you know, everything that's at the end to um, <laughs> see, you know, what's what what turned negative, you know, everything seems nice in the beginning, but something turned negative in the end. But when I do the charms, the charms, you know, will give me more of a story. Okay, so I allow just like I let the cards tell me a story. I will allow the charms to tell me the story and usually I'll be able to see more of what's going on instead of pulling more cards. So that's why I use the charms to back me up. Okay. So it's not the same as, you know, this strict sentence structure of laying down, say, five cards. Because when you're throwing your, your charms, you know, wherever they're landing, however they're landing, what they're touching on, near, or anything else, gives you a lot more depth. Mm -hmm. than just a straight sentence structure. You know, I've never Absolutely. thought about, you know, doing it from a Lenormand standpoint. I was thinking of it more of the, you know, just the bone style, but wasn't thinking from the Lenormand aspect. Because, you know, Lenormands are phenomenal. I love them. They're very yeah. in-your-face. They're very straight to the point, you know, as long as you follow the basic sentence structure and the meanings of the card, it's like boom, boom, boom. You See, do. See, that's something that I try not to do with Lenormand. 
because sometimes um, when you're looking at a card and you can, especially the, the original deck that um, Rana George, um, the, oh, the book that she wrote, and not, not love her deck, that. I love her new deck, but the, the one that she actually fashioned her book after, when you start looking at those pictures, you'll start seeing other things will start to come to mind. Oh, yes. Besides just a regular sentence structure um, or, or whatever um, you're supposed to see. Like, so, okay, so for instance, with the coffin, right? So with the coffin, you know, we'll see sickness. Sometimes we'll see endings, you know. But sometimes if that coffin falls at the end of a, a sentence, like a five-card sentence, it could also mean new beginnings, especially if you decide to, A, you know, pull another card afterwards or throw down charms or bones or whatever just to back up whatever it is that you're not understanding as to why that coffin is there. So right. I usually let the, the cards speak to me in, in other ways besides just, you know, whatever is textbook. But right. I, love, I love that book. <laughs> uh, oh, I love her <laughs> Essential Lenormand. You know, I love the Essential Lenormand. And I love the Rana George Lenormand. I love the fact that on some of her cards there are little nuances. Like, you know, the grave and the purple cloth yes. on the one side. You know, mm -hmm. and the meaning, you know, when you're looking at the coffin, it's not just coffin. You actually now have a light side and a dark side on the coffin. You have either an ending or a beginning or, right. you know, a transition. And, yes. you know, looking at the little nuances, you know, on mm -hmm. her cards, you know, every system has room for individual spiritual play. You know, and that's of course, you know, once you get past the basic understanding of how the system works, you know, right. Lenormand is not all completely strict structure. You know, that's how they teach it because that is traditional. But once you've got that down, you know, your intuition, your spirit guides, you know, your ancestors, whoever you work with will bring forth additional meanings and additional layers to each of these cards. Yeah, you know, like her extra cards. Oh my God, her extra cards <laughs> are amazing. They really are. I actually have that. You know, like I said, I pr practically have every Lenormand deck there is. But when she came out with her new deck, I was like, Oh my goodness, I have to get it. So I actually bought a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple I've done that with. <laughs> I actually bought a few, but I do love the extra cards. And so when I was. Um, in the process of creating my own deck, you know, I wanted to, I mean, the, the cards are beautiful. They're very beautiful because they're fashioned after her heritage. Okay. Yes. And her culture. So I wanted to do something that everyone could relate to. Okay. So, um, and that's where, you know, the, it is kind of, you know, in the same line as Lenormand, but it's definitely different. The, um, the artwork is pretty simple, okay? It's pretty simple and straightforward. There's no glitz and glamour or glitter or anything like that with those cards. They're very straightforward. And some of the pictures, when you look at them, they're, um, you know, they're very poignant, but without being uh, overdone. So, right. um, yeah, I... I, I you know, kind of, um, I, I looked at her extra cards and I was like, I saw the one with spirit 
which makes uh, so much sense to have it. Yes. You know, to have that spirit card there. <coughs> um, so I was like, okay, so if I'm going to do something, because there's a lot of people in the spiritual community who come to other diviners to, to seek help and, to, and guidance and stuff like that, because maybe there's something that they can't see. So I was like, well, I'm not going to copy what she did with the spirit card, but I'm going to have something else there that will represent ancestors. And everyone can pretty much relate to that. You know, an ancestor table, pretty much everyone has that in their house, whether they realize it or not. So um, I figured that that would be better for a lot of people to connect with um, that card and use it for spirit or whatever they want to. But since, you know, we're in modern times and you see it so much on the Internet, that's why, you know, I have it there. Right. And now you call your deck that you're working on, is it the Real Life Oracle? Real Life Oracle. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a modern take on, you know, traditional Lenormand cards and images, but with a different flair to it for, you know, real life situations, real life people, you know. Right. So yeah. you're not using all of the same images. You have nope. tweaked and refined and changed and came up with different meanings. And I'm sorry, not meanings, but different images to reflect things that we go through on a regular daily basis, you know. Absolutely. I have one card in there that that reflects civil unrest. And that was um, pretty much, you know, around the time that that I came up with that particular card was, you know, during the um, march down in in Virginia. Okay. They had, like, um, uh, I guess it was, like, you know, white supremacists marching on and it, it, like Antifa and they were all fighting each other and, you know, with all the Black Lives Matter marches and so forth and so on. So I actually have a card because it does reflect modern times. I mean, these are things that we are going through right now. You know, the, the landscape of our country has definitely changed and people's views and, you know, where their alliances are and everything like that. So civil unrest fits into what we deal with. Yes. You know, there's so many things that go on on the news and you're hearing, you know, this just person was pulled over and they were, or they were shot and it was unjust and, you know, everyone's outraged, which, you know, we're all restless right now because of everything that's going on. Yes, I, I so agree. That, and that card is in there. <laughs> you know, you can find similar kinds of meanings, and I say it that way because it's not plain. It's not right there. I mean, you have to delve deep in order to find that. And I think that's an amazing card to have, you know, because it is, you know, in our day and age, you know, with all the crap going on, all the killings, you know, all the Black Lives Matter, all the, you know, innocent black people getting shot that have done absolutely nothing other than having a different skin color. You know, and have it's, caused unrest. If you look online and you see some of the discussions, you know, that people have and, you know, it's just like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> you know, like you really see how people feel. And, and, you know, there's some people who talk about that, you know, we're at a war, you know, and that's on both sides of the coin. So, you know, civil unrest is very appropriate for um, for what is happening now. And that's only going to be included with the first edition. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so there'll be two two releases. There'll be one 
the first edition that'll have all of the cards, which will include domestic violence, um, civil unrest, natural disaster, um, politicking, um, which could be, you know, anything not just about politics, you know, like the president or vice president, anything right. could be things that happen on the job, things within your family when you see like where there's two, you know, um, parties, you know, in the family and there's, you know, that there's that unrest that's in the family. Um, so there's quite a few um, mental illness, you know, um, God, what else do I have? Do I have in there? There's mental illness. There's um, the addiction card. So those particular cards are going to be in that in the first edition deck, but they won't be in the second edition. Okay. Well, you've already got two people. Well, now three. Um, I can't wait for your deck to come out. You know, Evelyn <laughs> Bagorno can't wait to see your new deck. Ambrosine Laguerre says she wants yeah. two autographed I copies. <laughs> <laughs> and I want one as well. Thank you. <laughs> you know, because I do think those are, you know, things that we need to look at, things that we need to, you know, discuss and talk about. You know, oh, if I Ifa Abeyo also says, me, me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but these are things that, you know, we need to talk about. We need to discuss. We need to bring light upon these situations because not talking about them doesn't help the situation at all. And I think a few of those cards might actually hurt feelings, especially with some of the imagery there. I also have, um, you know, the cards that, you know, represent happy family. It's not just a heterosexual family. You know, there's two women with a child, there's two men with a child, there's an interracial couple. So it represents the, the landscape of this country and, you know, as, as abroad. You know, there are people actually, you know, who, <laughs> you know, who are in, um, you know, same-sex marriages and, you know, interracial marriages. So it definitely represents us in modern times. And that's what a lot of the, the oracle cards or even tarot cards or whatever don't represent that. Right. You know, they're all based on... People can relate to. They can be used as also as helper cards for another deck. So if you're a tower reader and you want to, you know, kind of um, divine a little further, see a little deeper into, you know, what the Eight of Cups might mean, and you can actually use those cards, you know, too, to, to help divine further. So they can be helper cards or they could be used alone. Right. And E.C. Ballard, or I should say Owen Ballard, you know, says reality, because that yeah. is the reality of where we live and what's going on in our, you know, in our society these days. Um, Andre, you know, Amberzine says, you know, that love bath bomb had me hiding from my bow. Okay, so now now she's she's bringing out my product. Yes. Well, you know, you are, you know... Miss Rain's Conjure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty diverse. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you have your own shop. You do produce your own products. Honest with you, I used to work on Wall Street, and, you know, now I'm bringing in, you know, some, some, some parts of me that, you know, I knew I had, but didn't really think that I could, you know, bring that into fruition. But here I am. And, you know, that's a beautiful thing, you know. A lot of spiritual people have a, a, I don't want to say opposite, but a job that you wouldn't kind of think of, but they kind of go hand in hand. Like you used to be, you know, on Wall Street. 
I'm a floor. I'm a tech guy. You know, my thing is always computers, networks, fiber, telecom. Hello, I'm on the radio. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's also right. it's for me. I think it's a balance. You know, mm-hmm. we have to balance things until we can find a way and the right path that we need to be on to branch out. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I, I love what I do. I love, you know, um, the people that I have um, met in the community. I mean, um, you know, I was in, I, I had an incident where I was burned in the beginning, you know, but I think everyone kind of goes through that, <laughs> you know, when they're first, you know, walking their path. But, oh, yes. I mean, I have, you know, people like, like, you know, Amberzine, who's been a true sister to me, you know, pretty much helped me really um, find the path that I'm supposed to be on, besides, you know, listening to spirit and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, for that, you know, I, re- I truly am. I truly am grateful for the, for the people, especially the women in a community where, because I'm an only child. So, you know, me finding, like, a true sisterhood within a community is also a blessing because I've never had siblings before. I have a friend who is, like, a sister to me who's also, she's on YouTube. She's a, a diviner on YouTube, and she's really good. Um, and she's, like, a sister to me. Um, but, I mean, where, you know, she's not following the same path that I am. You know what I mean? Where, you right. know, Apollo, you know, I'm doing conjure work, I'm doing root work and stuff like that. So, you know, it's... It, it feels good to, you know, Ifa, you know, meeting Ifa, you know, the Motown witch, I met her, met her also, and, you know, uh, it's like you feel, you feel like a, a real sisterhood. You know? I can't wait to meet good. all you, I can't wait to meet all of you when I come down in September. Yes, I can't, <laughs> when are you coming? <laughs> September 19th through the 23rd. Okay, cool. You know, my friend Karen okay. is coming to the U.S. from Australia, her first trip here. So I'm taking time off to go down also to meet her and everybody else I can gather around. It's going to be a, a drove of diviners walking down the street. <laughs> yes, and we need, excuse me, definitely go for some drinks. Go for some drinks and some good food. Uh, definitely, definitely. Good Spanish food. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm all about the, you know, you know, I'm all about the, you know, rice and beans, the Spanish style chicken, the tostones, the empanadas. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the, the, the Mofongo house. Ah, oh, they were good the time I was there. And that little yeah. place across the street, Kitty Corner, I can't remember the name of it. There's a little Spanish um, place that serves some really good food, too. It's just kind of cramped. But uh, mm-hmm. every time I went down, I stopped. I fell asleep yeah. on the way home, too. You know, <laughs> a, you know, I live on Staten Island. So <clears throat> although we do have, like, you know, but Staten Island is, a, is kind of like... Um, there's shores. So we have the North Shore, we have the Eastern Shore, the West Shore, and we have the South Shore. And then somewhere in the beginning, it's kind of like a Mason-Dixon line, okay? So um, although, you know, there are many parts of Staten Island that are beautiful, no matter where, what shore you're on, 
Um, the South Shore is known for, I mean, now, you know, in, in this modern time, I guess within like really the last 30, 40 years, for, um, you know, all of its beautiful big homes. Nice. And because of the demographics on Staten Island, we don't have places where we can really get some good, you know, down home Spanish food, you know, Car Caribbean Spanish food or Caribbean food or anything like that. So we're inundated with Chinese food, bagels, and pizza. <laughs> I, I would move. <laughs> I know, but I'm a Staten Island girl. I was born and raised on Staten Island. You know, my family has a really long history on, well, my father's family, not my mother's family. My father's family has a very long history on Staten Island, um, actually starting in the South Shore. Um, one of my great grandmothers, Actually, she's my great-great-grandmother, and she died when I was around 19 years old. But she, was, um, she wasn't one of the first settlers in the family, but she actually owned a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> and she owned a brothel that's not too far from where I live right now. Okay? Um, but I do believe that we have at least 150 years on the island. And one nice. of the churches that my family went to, my father's family that they went to and where a lot of them are buried, you know, around around this church was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Right, the Rosville AME Zion Church. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I and I was reading I that for your bio too. You know, and I think that's a phenomenal thing. You know, the Underground Railroad, there were so many people, you know, that helped slaves to escape um you know, even upstate New York, there were quite a few nuns that also, yeah. you know, and, and I know this because, you know, my aunt was a nun for most of her entire life and, you know, did a lot of research, you know, and wrote a book. I think it was called The Seceders. And it was all about, you know, some of the pioneer women in the church that, you know, also helped and assisted, you know, during these horrible times, you know, to help well, people to escape. Real funny, a fun fact, you know, and the, the listeners can, can probably, probably going to look at me and say, no, I don't think that that's her. But at one point, I wanted to be a, lot, a nun. <laughs> I can't say much. My teenage years, I spent the bulk of my teenage years with the Schoenstatt sisters on Cary Avenue in Staten Island. And I wanted to be a nun. And, you know, I would spend the summers there. So I kissed the boy, because kiss Bobby Rodriguez. But, um... <laughs> and that, that, was, that was it. That was it. A nun anymore. But for, you know, many years, I spent summers with them and, and certain holidays as well. And I was, you know, in the summertime, getting up at 5.30 in the morning, you know, to wash up and go to chapel. And then after that, we would walk over to Sacred Heart Church, which is actually a church where I got married in, and um, and go for mass and then come home and eat breakfast. And we cooked with the nuns and we did all types of things. And I had such a good time, you know? And I was a very, I was very, very Catholic for a very long time. Although I have like, you know, dual roles in religion, you know, my mother's side of the family, you know, they're Baptists. My father's side of the family, they were um, Catholic. Yep. 
<laughs> See, I came from the yeah. strict Roman Catholic Irish family. Okay. And that was on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I turned out just fine. Yeah, I think you turned out just fine. Do you, do you still, you know, do you, uh, did, did you make all of your sacraments? No. No? Did you nope. make any of your sacraments besides baptism? Um, I think I did first communion, and I think that was pretty much it after that. Oh, okay. You know, I think when my dad passed, my dad was... Uh, in his early 40s, I was about nine. And mm-hmm. I think after his passing, it kind of, you know, church kind of fell away. Yeah. You know, for I me. Think for me, my turning point with church was after I had my son, who's now 20. And um, I had recently lost my job because I, ha- I was pregnant again after I had him, you know, not, I, I think he was maybe around four months old, about seven about seven, eight weeks pregnant, which means I didn't wait the six weeks. <laughs> um, I heard nothing. To heal up. <laughs> and anyway, but that pregnancy ended in an ectopic pregnancy. And because of the amount of time that I had taken off from work and then, you know, coming back only for like a week and from maternity leave and then having to go back out again, I lost my job. Oh, so which was unexpected. And unfortunately, because they didn't fully let me go, I could, they, they had me on some kind of reserve list. I couldn't get unemployment. So my oldest daughter at the time was in Catholic school. She, had, she was going to Sacred Heart um, uh, School. And, you know, I needed, you know, like a reduction in the tuition, not really for them to pay it, but because my husband was working. So just like a reduction in the tuition. And I had gone to the priest, and it was just like the way he answered me, you know, because you're, especially when you grow up in a Catholic church, you're, you're, you know, the whole thing is about charity and how charitable they are and, you know, how you're supposed to be in a good Catholic and everything like that. And what he said to me was a total turnoff. And I walked, I, I looked at him, I was like, well, fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I thought that this was what we were supposed to be as good Catholics. And then, you know, it just kind of like made me look at religion and the people within the religion a whole lot differently. So for me, it was a turn off and it was it was one of my turning points. You know? Yeah. You know, for me, I've always been on the spiritual search, you know, pretty much since mm-hmm. I was like 14. And, you know, I've been baptized Baptist several times, different churches. And mm-hmm. what has always got me was the putting of our own people down. You know, I had the unfortunate um, chance of attending this one Baptist church where one of their deacons that came in also had a criminal record. I don't know what happened while he was in there, but now he was hell-bent on his role of preaching about homosexuality and you know instead of lifting people up instead of teaching the love that god has the the good teachings of jesus and how to live a good life you know it soured my heart because it was just like, how can we be doing this to our own kind, to our own people, you know, mm-hmm. to make people feel this way. And 
I love church. I still go periodically, you know, because I still love church. I still love God. You know, I love uh, mm-hmm. pretty much all religion <laughs> because I think there's truth yeah. to be found in every one if you look for it. You know, it's not all black and white in a book. You know, I think they're love yeah. stories. You know, yeah. but well, that's the, the first five books within the Bible, which is something that. You know, as a child, because, you know, my grandmother, my, my mother's mother was very spiritual. And, um, you know, there were Bibles everywhere. And some of, like, you know, the things that I do now in root work were things that she did, but they weren't taught to me. It was just things that, you know, I watched her do. Some things I didn't see her do, so I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say, oh, well, my grandmother taught me how to do this, this, and this, because I'd be bullshit in the public. But <laughs> there were some things that I watched her do that I actually incorporate into things that I do now. But, you know, I've had various teachers in root work. So let me just go up that for a minute. But but the Bible was always, you know, it, it was always a staple in my grandmother's house because I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was a child. So did and, I. Um, but my grandmother, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> so besides reading, like, you know, a little Jet Magazine and Ebony and stuff like that, and I think the Enquirer, which is the stuff that she had, there was the Bible, and I, like I said, I was, I was, I'm an only child, so I didn't always have a lot of friends to play with, so I read a lot, and the first five books, you know, with, with, you know, the, 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 the beginning of, with Adam and Eve, and everybody else in between, the story of Rachel and Leah, and story of Jacob, and all the way down to Moses, and letting my people go, you know, is, is, was, was very important to me. Yes. Now, I don't really mess with the New Testament. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I understand, you know, I, I, I love Jesus too, but I don't really mess with the New Testament. The, that, the Old Testament, Testament to me is just something that's very important and very dear to my heart because there's a lot of lessons there. Yeah, and there are, you know, you know, Owen Ballard was saying, you know, he can see the weaknesses in any religion, but he tries not to mistake the failings of individuals in religious offices with the actual religion itself. And it's kind of the way I see it is, you know, I may be sour on churches, but not necessarily the religion, because, you know, I read the Bible you know, I read the stories of love. I read the stories of how to treat people, how to have compassion, you know, how to help people. It's the stories that really make people more humane, you know. Right. And right. But I was also very young when I, you know, kind of like turned, you know, I was still in my 20s. You know, I just was a child, you know, um, I just had a baby. So I was I was still a little bit young. Um, eventually, I did, you know, start to embrace, you know, God and Catholicism again. You know, as well as you know my my teachings. You know, from what I've learned being around my grandmother and my mother's side of the family. So I hear what Taka Owen was saying. I heard you, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I agree. But I was just really young at the time. Yeah, and Ooh, you know, <laughs> age. Age makes a huge difference. Like, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I had um, the Jehovah Witness stop at my house. You know, normally I don't open the door, but, you know, I did. And this guy had his probably seven-year-old nephew with him. And, of course, you know, being in the tradition that I'm in, 
you know, being an espiritista, being initiated into Haitian voodoo, you know, having my elacus, you know, he wanted to strike up a conversation. And I told him, I said, look, I said, I don't believe that a child of his age should be involved in these types of topics until they have reached an age where they can gain understanding and actually understand what's taking place. I said, they're too young. I said, you know, if you want to come back on your own, you know, I'm more than happy to sit and have a discussion with you. I said, but I can't do it in front of a child. I said, because they don't know. I said, they have not developed, you know, to be able to look at things and be able to make their own conclusions and have their own thoughts. Well, that was like, you know, one of my grandmother's nieces who, um, I actually call her Anne. You know, that's how we do in a family, you know, black people do. But, you know, especially when that person is, you know, very much older than you and elder. So you give them that respect that you don't call them by their first name. But she's, she's actually my second cousin. And um, she, you know, was a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed that a lot of, you know, um, the people on my grandmother's side, my mother's side of the family, they became Jehovah's Witnesses for whatever reasons whatsoever, okay? But I remember her sitting and having a conversation with me. We were sitting at the kitchen table. Um, she came to visit my grand, my grandparents, and she wanted to argue with me. I think it was like 11 or 12 years old, and it was right before I made my confirmation, and argue with me about um, none be, nuns being married to God. You know, when they go through that sacrament. You know, I've only mm-hmm. had four sacraments. You know, what is it? Birth, communion, confirmation, and then marriage. And, of course, the other two don't matter because I'm not going to be a priest or a nun. And then, of course, there's your last sacrament, which is death. Right. Um, so <laughs> she wanted to argue with me about, you know, me being 11, 12 years old, uh, you know, I'm only, you know, repeating, you know, what I'm being taught. Exactly. And she's like, well, I don't understand how you can believe that, you know, a person can be married to God. And I didn't even know how to answer her. So you're absolutely right where, you know, children should not be involved in those types of conversations regarding religion because our minds really aren't fit for that. Right. Now, having said that, Mm -hmm. you know, I will state one particular thing because I do feel that it's important. When it is a cultural thing, you know, I don't see a problem with raising your kids within your culture traditionally and spiritually, you know, sure. because they still need to be around, you know, whether you're in Ifa, whether you're in, you know, Santeria, Palo, you know, this is part of your upbringing. This is part of your heritage. This is part of your lineage. And this is things that they should see. And they should also be allowed to be open so that as they, you know, age and they can decipher and they can ask questions, you know, they can begin formulating their own thoughts and opinions. Right. And see, my granddaughter is lucky to grow up and see the things that I'm doing now. She has, well, I'm not, I, I don't know if, if her father's family, you know, are, I don't even know if they go to church, to be honest with you. I don't think so. But, um, so she's lucky to grow up and see the things that are taking place when there are certain rituals and ceremonies 
that are done in a house, she's here for them, you know? Um, she knows how to, uh, better than my own children, her, her mother and um, my son and my other daughter, she knows how to approach the ancestor altar and she knows what prayers to say. And, you know, so she's, she has more of, and she's five. So yeah. she has more of an understanding what's happening than my kids who, you know, they actually, except for my youngest daughter, you know, went through their sacraments. Um, well, only two of them actually. No, two or three, two, whatever. <laughs> but she, she understands more of what I'm doing now, you know? And I think for her, she'll probably, you know, um, be a lot healthier in her, um, you know, thoughts on, on religion and, you know, certain cultural practices. And, and I agree. I also feel she's a very old soul that has oh, she is. <laughs> that has come back and mm -hmm. she's got a very strong connection with ancestors and uh, i would not be surprised at all if she continues in her spiritual practices well, you know absolutely right on what you just said you know i think she's going to become a priestess herself mm-hmm Probably, you know, I, there, we had a, a, a ceremony here a few weeks ago and she was, you know, sitting here and she was divining with shells, you know, asking questions and, you know, okay, Mima, well, what does this mean? You know, why, oh, okay, yeah, that's a lafia. You know, what question did you ask? <laughs> you know, am I going to get a lot of toys for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always the important questions you want to know the answer to. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's it's the other ones. You know, it's the other ones when she says, you know, does this boy in class like me? <laughs> That's when you got to be careful. <laughs> That's when you got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have a lot of different products that you offer, right? You know, uh, Miss Rain's Conjure. Is it Miss Rain's Conjure dot com? Miss Rain's Conjure dot com because. Um, Miss Rain's conjure shop was taken, but it was taken by me, <laughs> and I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, the, it's a long story. So I just renamed this website MissRain'sConjure.com. Um, but yeah, I do have a, a lot of uh, well, not really a lot, but I have enough products on there. So what you types know, of things do you carry? Because I really am a one-man show. And, and what kinds of uh, products do you offer? Well, I make, as, as um, Amber Zine so politely <coughs> stated, you know, my love bath bombs. Um, I do make bath bombs. Some of them are just like, you know, regular fun type of bath bombs. But most of the stuff I do have on my site are um, spiritual, conjure kind of bath bombs. I have glow of attraction. Um, and I also make the glow of attraction oil, so glow of attraction of core and and a, a body scrub. So um, I hide some of my conjure stuff in um, beauty products, and the bath bombs and the scrubs are you know two of the things that I that I hide my conjure in. Um, so I have the glow of attraction bath bombs, and I have the glow of attraction scrubs. I also have Florida water. I make Florida water bath bombs that Ooh. have, um, I mean, they're beautiful. I don't even want to put them in a tub, but they're, <laughs> you know, uh, people love them, you know, and I also make my own Florida water. So, you know, people love them and everything. And, but I still have like a, a whole tray of Florida water bath bombs that 
I, I refuse to put in the tub. They just make my bathroom smell really nice. Ooh, nice. Um, I, I love Florida water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love it too. And and mine had, I mean, I use like all the citrusy stuff. So I mean, it smells so nice. I'm I even surprised at myself. <laughs> I even I even buy Florida water shaving soap. <laughs> Okay. And and when people see me using Florida water, they're just like, you know, you only need a little bit, right? No. Nah. <laughs> it's so, so nice and it's so cleansing. Um, I also do, um, what other bath bombs do I have? I have a love bath bomb, and that's the one that Ambrosine was speaking of. Um, she, was hi- she was hiding, but she asked for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She, she's like, I'm gonna take another one. I'm gonna take another one. But one of the ingredients, I'll give away one of the ingredients, and it's not just roses. There's a pinch of Damiana in there, and I like to work with essential oils. Um, and I dilute because you know you can't put you know pure essential oils on your skin, and Damiana is not one of those that you can put on your skin. But since Damiana is one of the you know aphrodisiacs. Um, love aphrodisiacs i use like a pinch that's diluted and i put that you can't smell it but it's it's in the bath bomb nice stuff in there too. yeah well you can't give it all away you know no i'm not i'm not gonna give it all away it's, that's that's my little concoction that i came up with and most of my products are not um they may have traditional names but they're my own herbal recipes and i so i don't follow the um like the traditional scents of say like Cleo May, I think that's a mix of lavender and and, and rosemary. Okay. Rose, but I don't follow the traditional um, fragrance for Cleo May. The traditional clay fragrance for or, or my fragrance for Cleo May um, has a hint of uh, Egyptian musk and also a touch of patchouli and the rose. So that's definitely something. It's my own little perfume mix and it smells really nice. But I don't follow the traditional um, scents or probably even the herbal concoctions for these oils. They're all mine. Nice. You know, Ambrosine was saying, well, I didn't know it would have my love chasing me around the house. (laughs) (laughs) And Owen Ballard is saying, Florida water is like sex and French fries. There's no such thing as too much. (laughs) No, it is. And I I've my two favorite colognes. I mean, I always wear Florida water and 4711 and Florida's always my go to. I don't leave the house without putting it on. I go to work with mm-hmm. it on. They know when I walk in the building at work, I'm there, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's been a, another kind of Florida water, too, that I actually like to use, and that's a Peruvian one that's used by the shamans. Oh. And you can actually find it. Uh, I, actually, I sell it, too, but you can find it um, uh, in Lamin and Kemp's uh, website. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know. it's, a, it's, really, it's, it's more expensive than the Florida water that we're used to getting. Actually... There's another Florida water too that one of Owen's granddaughter, uh, God granddaughters, goddaughters, um, kind of put me onto. I just I can't find it anywhere, but it has a really soft and subtle baby baby powder scent to it. Oh, 
Oh my god, I love it. But that's got sound. Not, that sounds like a very. The Panama. I yeah, think that's a very soft and gentle and clean scent. Very clean, very clean. I was like, I just, she only had like a little bit, and I was like, oh my god, this smells so wonderful. <laughs> I'm just like putting it on, but yeah. I, I like that one too, but I think she said she got it while she was in Panama. So there's a couple of different um, Florida waters out there that I guess you know, like not a lot of people know about. But the Peruvian one is very nice, and that has a much different scent than the Florida water that we're used to. And I know Ifa also makes a Florida water too, which smells Ooh. really nice. Well, I'm gonna go broke. Um, <laughs> uh, I do want to, you know, make a mention and, you know, of all of our wonderful guests that are currently in the chat room that have been providing a little feedback and little chats back and forth, you know, we've got Aoife Bayo, we've got Josie Herrera, Wilma Wilson, mm-hmm. we have Amberzine Laguerre, Evelyn Bagorno, as well as Owen Ballard, The Magical Solution, and, you know, for the moment... Her name is giving me That's a blank Lilani. in my head. Yes, Lilani. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I saw the business name and I'm just like, oh, you had to do that to me. <laughs> so I want yeah, to thank them for joining, you know, and making this a great communication between the, you know, everybody here. Because, you know, I love when we have an active chat room, you know. Yeah. So you were at. The Big Apple Conjure. Do you have anything yeah. new coming up? We do. Um, Amberzine, can I announce? Is she, is she still on there? She is. Let's see if she okay. is. Uh... We are planning another Conjure Gala for next year in New York. Okay. Okay. Um, we haven't started yet because there are so many things that I know that she's trying to catch up on. And, and she said yes. Trying... <laughs> okay. So there are things that I'm trying to catch up on as well. Um, I actually, my, my calendar um, for my readings is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much like, you know, booked up. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I have to catch up on some, some product uh, making stuff that I need to send out. And um, I have a couple of things that are coming up in June and again in July. So I'm going to be at Back to the Beach, which is on Staten Island um, in, in July. I think it's like July 18th or something like that. I'm, I'm not really showing a date, but I'll, I'll let everyone know. And I'll be there with, you know, my, my products. I'll, I'll have my bath bombs. I'll have my scrubs. I'm going to be coming out with a new product line for oils. So they're going to be in like the roller bottles and stuff like that. So some of them will be, you know, for courage and upliftment to help people sleep, to help people relax. I'll have my passion love, which right now is one of my most popular oils. Um, I'll also have my, my planet oils too, you know, for those people who, you know, like to work with the planets and everything like okay. that. Um, and but what, and what I wanted to announce with, um, with Amberzine is that we're planning on doing some pop-ups, some pop-up um, conferences in the city or you know around the city, you know Brooklyn, Manhattan, um, maybe do one on Staten Island, you know if it's not too much. The community out here is mostly pagan, so it might be a little hard to, you know. But then again, there may be yeah. some who, who will come out. They'd so surprise you. Wanted to announce, yeah. 
And we are doing another um, Conjure Gala that's going to be taking place next year, but we'll probably start planning mm, maybe sometime around the end of the summer for the following year. For New York Conjure Gala 2019. Mm-hmm. Details yeah. will follow, you know, so keep an eye out. You know, now there's also, because, you know, I have to give shouts out as well, you know, Candelo Cambisa of, you know, Candelo's Corner. Um, it's 12 o'clock somewhere is back online, so be sure to check him okay. out. Uh, also, okay. you know, there is the Mile High Conjure coming up in September. <laughs> you know, so Mile High Conjure Gala, it's conjuregala.com. You know, they're going to have some phenomenal people presenting. You know, Loretta Leesman, Candelo Cambisa, you know, Elaine Bryant. Beverly Smith, mm-hmm. Professor Ames, you know, of course, Charles Porterfield and Ambrosine Laguerre, Michelle yeah. Jackson, um, Michael Cardenas, Hoodoo Sen Moise, yeah. and of course, Miss Aida. You know, that's going to be a phenomenal event. You know, yes, so it is. it's going to be really nice. And I'm going to be vending there. Um, I'm not presenting this year, but I am going to be vending um, in Colorado, but I will be presenting in New York next year. Nice. So you're going to be vending a lot of your products. Yes. I'm actually going to be doing several events this year. I'm going to be one busy bee. (laughs) So um, we also do Divas Night Out. Divas Night Out is located on Staten Island. Um, It's at Z2. And that is in, I think that's also in Rossville, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have to get the dates for that. And if anyone else who wants to, you know, vend at Divas Night Out, just let me know. Um, we're going to be doing Back to the Beach, which is in July this year. Uh, and there's something else that I'm doing. I can't think of what it is. I'm going to be doing something else as well. But I'll let everyone know when that all comes up. Oh, and the Oracle deck (laughs) um, is available for pre-order. And you can purchase on my website. And I will also, they should be printed and ready to go um, between July 1st and July 15th. Because I have to wait to get the proofs back to make sure that everything looks good and I don't have anything that looks tacky and janky (laughs) and then I'm going to go to print and it takes around three to four weeks so that's why I'm saying anywhere between July 1st and July 15th of this year nice you know I can't wait to see that you know and that's available at missrainsconjure.com you know so you can do your pre-orders for you know that or order any of her products or schedule readings you know with our phenomenal guests you know, and just let everyone know that the first edition um, deck will have all of the cards. The second edition, when I do go to print those, will be minus between 10 to 15 cards. So if you want to pre-order and you want that, that first deck that has everything in there, including the ones that I named, civil unrest, domestic abuse. Um, uh, there's one that has... Um, uh, what is it with the, the child abuse and so forth and so on? Those are going to be in the first edition deck. I just want to let everyone know that. Right. Well, it's important that they know that because, you know, if they wait too long and the second edition comes out, they're going to miss out on a lot of really great cards. You know? Absolutely. 
And I don't want any listeners to miss out on those because, you know, they're very important. You know, they're real life, everyday, you know, situations that you are going to deal with as a diviner, mm-hmm. you know, that will bring your reading level to the next level. You know, they're going to lift everything because you're going to have another tool, you know, in your bag that's based on real life, everyday situations that you're going to hear about and that you're going to be reading on. You know? yeah. So mm-hmm. as a diviner, what's one of the most important things you could recommend for a new diviner, you know, to help them become better at reading or at divining? You know, what do you think they need to have? For me, I think one, well, besides patience, <laughs> patience, <laughs> You know, that's that's one thing that you need to have. But I think what really helped me and really began to, you know, I've always had that, that second sight, but what really helped me to, to um, mold it and to shape it was meditation. So before I, like I, like I stated earlier, before I have someone that I know I'm going to read for, I do my best to, to meditate on that person for a few minutes so I know what I'm going to be walking into. But patience is really something that you need to have when you're um, divining. And you also really need to listen to spirit and not listen to those per- that person's wants and needs because that'll override the things that you know that you're not supposed to be doing for that person and how you need to advise them. Because the whole thing with divining for someone is that the, is, it's not just telling them, you know, what you see and, you know, well, maybe, you know, he, he is cheating on you, you know, and stuff like that. If you come across something like that, what the follow-up should be when you're giving the advice, the feedback should be empowerment. And that's one thing that a lot of women, when they go to a read, especially women, because a lot of women do go to read, yes. some men too, okay? There, there's some men too, I don't find that many. But, you know, a lot of women, when they go to a reader, that's a lot of things that they're looking for. Is he cheating on me, you know, um, looking for new love or, you know, something like that, you know, or, or she's, she's, I got a witch throwing at me. You know, that you find that a lot, of, I, I do anyway. So my whole thing is, you know, patience, listen to spirit, okay? Don't let, you know, the potential to possibly make money, especially if you're a worker, override you listening to spirit. Yes. Okay? So that's my advice. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, I bring it up in every show, you know, and I know I upset people that think that, Maybe they don't have connection to spirit. Maybe they don't have connection to their ancestors or they're not mentally thinking about those particular connections. But, you know, the difference between a reader and a diviner, you know, a reader just looks at the cards. They read exactly what the cards show. They put the sentence structure together and say, here it is. A diviner draws upon every single thing they know. They call upon their ancestors, their spiritual guides, their higher self, whatever spirits they work with to communicate and translate what those cards are saying to give you more in-depth information 
but also solutions because, you know, it's not about, oh, is he cheating on me? Yup. It's what is it that I need to do? You know, how do I get to the underlying situation? What's causing this? How can I change this? And yes, you know, empowerment is such a powerful thing. And as a diviner, you know, you hold a lot of that in your hand. And if you can't sit there and provide them with the uplifting, nurturing information that they need to empower them, please send them to somebody that can. You know, yes, because the whole thing is what we've been <coughs> running into in the spiritual community is people who are not either divining or divining properly. And there are a lot of people who are getting hurt or being taken advantage of financially. Yes. So by the time they get to someone who can actually help them, they're, they're disgruntled, they're angry, and they're broke. Yes. You know, and it's, and it's a horrible thing. You know, as diviners or priests or whatever, you know, you have to be invested in your client's life as much as they are in yeah i mean you're not just a couch for them to sit there and say hey here's my problems and somebody turn well how do you feel about that no we don't do that we want you to get from point a to point b we want you to be happy we want you to get over the domestic violence we want you to get over the the trauma that you've been through to begin healing and like, I don't myself handle domestic violence issues. It's not my special thing. I will always refer somebody. If I sit down and I'm doing a reading and I see this is what's coming up, I don't take any of their money. I will send them to somebody that I know deals specifically with these types of issues because it's outside my ballpark. Right, it's outside my skill set, and I've done that as well. I've referred, you know, clients to other people, you know, because I knew for, or her spirit say, nah, girl, you can't handle this, this ain't for you. You know, whether my skill set is, you know, I can handle it, it's just not something that I'm supposed to expose myself to, and I'll refer them to another person, because at the end of the day, it's, it's not really about the money. It's about making sure that that person gets the proper help. And one thing, too, is that, you know, my name is, is you know, it's my reputation. It's on Exactly. Line. So I don't, you know, want to be one of those workers that everybody's like, ooh, girl, don't go to her. You know, she'll fuck your whole shit up. And I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? So if I can't handle something or if it's something that I shouldn't handle, then I'll refer them. You know, and then there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is, is people see the potential to make a lot of money. Okay. Um, I'm going to charge this person $1,500 for a, a breakup jar with some peppers and, you know, stuff around <coughs> it to make it hot. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, don't even get me started. $1,500 to do a breakup jar. And, you know, other things have happened besides that. 
you know what I mean? Or, you know, I'm going to make some, you know, let me make some cootie cat washes. Oh, God. I'm going to give somebody an, a, a really nasty infection or a parasite from one of those petals that happen to be inside or, or on that, that, that uh, rose petal or whatever it is that you're using, you know? And that's your reputation. That's, that's you know, that's you hurting someone, you know? But people, when they're seeing the potential to make a lot of money because you can make money doing what we're doing, you know? Um they're not going to care how they do it, who they hurt, and what the end result is going to be. And that's a problem. It is. You know, Owen Ballard said, you know, in his view, a diviner is also part psychologist. You know, not all clients are always ready to receive all the information that we as diviners receive. And we have the responsibility to determine accurately what they're ready to hear. And it's not always what we think. You know, no, because some people can't handle, you know, hearing, you know, truth. So a lot of times, you know, when, when you're talking to a person, you can pretty much assess um, what they can and cannot handle. And not to say that I'm not going to tell you the truth. I'm probably going to talk to you like I would talk to my 14 year old, you know, versus if, you know, you're someone who, you know, I'm getting a feel that you, you know, you want to hear it. No, you want to hear it no matter how it comes out then I'm going to talk to you just like I would to speak to, you know, someone who's, you know, my age or you, you understand what I'm saying? That, yes. That's you know, not strong enough to hear that. It's there's not people that you have to handle with kid gloves. And there's some people that just like, give it to me raw. Right. And it's not that you are babying any client. You are choosing your words for them so they can best understand in a positive way. And the information that's coming. You, you get off the phone with you. Right. You know, because it's all about them. It's not about us. You know, mm -hmm. I don't make a lot of money doing what I do because I love what I do. And I do what I do because my spirits press me to stay on one lane. And I also have agreements with all my spirits. If I screw up, mess up, fuck up, do things I'm not supposed to do, you know, charge people I shouldn't be charging, read for people that I shouldn't. And I don't sit there and push people towards others that can help them. They give me silent treatment because that's the agreement that I have with my spirits. Or so they'll I, block you. Exactly. They'll block you for a time being, you know, and that's <clears throat> kind of, you know, well, well, one of the reasons why I know why, you know, like things have pretty much slowed down for me is because, you know, I put, I put on some things because I had a, a ritual that I was doing and then um, I went away and a lot of my work is not complete. So until my work is complete, and this was a message I got from Spirit, until your work is complete, everything is going to slow down for you. And that's fine. So I'll be able to really focus and concentrate on doing these last three jobs <laughs> that I have to do for people. You know, two of them are road openings. I love doing positive work and helping people that way. You know, sometimes when, you know, I get like the cursing work, I mean, I could curse a motherfucker, but, you know, I, I like doing pleasant stuff. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm going to shy away from doing anything negative, but I really like to do, you know, do things that empower people and help them. It makes me feel good about what I'm doing. Right. You know, and it's important that we do what it is that we are good at. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm single. I've been single so long. I don't do love work anymore. You know, why come to me if you want somebody to do love work? I ain't got none. 
it you know you for me it makes though. well yeah but for me it's you know i would rather send somebody to another worker that i know specializes in love work you know seems to have all their shit together you know they're have got a wonderful family they've got a beautiful spiritual community they're surrounded by all of this love energy you know they would have much more to put into work than just my self-love, you know? So, you know, there are other things. I mean, I love divining. I love reading. I love teaching. I love teaching about reading. I love every kind of divination there is, you know? And if I live long enough, I will try and learn it all. At least Mm -hmm. what I'm allowed to, you know? Yeah. But, you know, as spiritual beings, you know, it's one of those things that, you really have to invest in your client as much as they're sitting down investing in you because that's what it's really about. It's a connection between two people. You know, they're not just the checkbook at the other end of the table. You know, they're living, breathing people that have been hurt, traumatized, abused, lost, confused. Sometimes they have some mental issues, you know, and we have to work with those the best way that we can. And sometimes that means, you know, referring them to somebody else. Absolutely. And they'll be much grateful to you for it because they may come back to you for something else. I mean, I've had that happen. Okay, well, maybe I couldn't help you with this issue, but they'll come back to me knowing that I could help them with something else. Or they'll just come back and buy some products, you know? So, and um, that's how I maintain, you know, the, the people that, that, you know, come and, you know, come to Miss Rain's Conjure and, you know, that are repeat customers or repeat clients, um, that, that's pretty much how we've worked. And a lot of them have been referred out. I'm sorry I can't help you with this one, um, you know, but I'm still here for you. And they will come back to me. You know, and I'll be like, you know what? I have one client, you know, who I referred out for some legal work because I wasn't comfortable doing it. Okay, I knew what her her son's situation was, and I wasn't comfortable in in taking care of that for her. All right, so I referred her out to someone, and the work, did, and this is someone who, you know, like was like, damn, I, I could do the legal work, and I trusted that person, and it just didn't pan out for her the way she expected. And she came back to me and she said, I don't care how you feel about, you know, doing this if you don't feel comfortable. I'm not going to anybody else but you. I was like, okay. You know, that's the level of trust that I have with her. You know, I'm not doing any more legal work for her. But, (laughs) you know, I do other things for her. Yeah, and it's one of those things. People will come back to you when they know that you are honest from the heart. That you are looking out for their best interests. And yeah, you know, you may not do work for them this particular time or read on this particular situation, but they will remember that, you know what, this person could have just taken my money and they didn't, you know, they referred me to somebody they felt could do a better job that has more experience in this particular area, you know, and that's one of those things that we have to look at, you know. There's a lot in spiritual work that, you know, we can do and can't do. And we always have to divine on pretty much everything we do. 
And mm-hmm. spirit trumps everything. You know, if spirit says, absolutely not, yeah, absolutely nope, not. It doesn't get done. Boy, you you, know. it's, it's not even sometimes that, you know, the skill set doesn't match, you know, what the client is coming to you for. It's more or less like, nah, you should not expose yourself to this. And a lot of times I will have to say no, not because I can't do it, but it's because I shouldn't do it. Right. You know, I've taken and I've taken on work that I shouldn't, you know, and especially in the beginning, I did take on some things that I shouldn't do. And, you know, spirit kicked my ass for it. I mean, it, it got done. It just took a long time. But, you know, I, I had a couple of people who were a real pain in the ass that I would I was just like, I would never help you again. But that's because it was work that I should not have exposed myself to. So, you, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. And we, you know, we all do. I've, I've been there, done that myself. And I always kick myself, you know, when I was learning out and my godmother as beautiful as she was, you know, let me fall on my own and watch me have to pick myself up and learn the lesson that you just can't always do it all. You know, and sometimes even your godparents telling you, look, I don't think you should do this. But you're probably not going to listen, so we'll let it pan out and see where it goes. And and you learn those hard lessons, you know. And it's much easier if you heed advice at the beginning and say, you know what, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. Let me find somebody that is. And, you know, push things to other people. You know, we're a community of people that support each other and that sit there and help lift each other up and my losing a few hundred bucks doesn't mean anything if my client's not going to be happy you know there are going to be times where somebody will push work towards me or ask me to divine for somebody that they feel I'm more suited for and other times where I'm going to send them to other people you know like I don't do ancestor readings you know, I right. send them I to people like, either, you know, I'll refer them to Andrea. I'll refer them to Owen Ballard, you know, depending yes, on the Owen tradition, mm-hmm. you know, if I need to, I'll refer to other people because these are things that they do, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I, I would, I will like to learn, you know, soon. But that's not a part of my skill set um, doing ancestor readings, although ancestors have popped up during some of my readings. That's that's not what I'm doing. You know, if I have like a, a message to relay, you know, if I've connected with that person's spirit that way, then, yeah, I'll relay the message. But for the most part, no, I do not do ancestor readings. It's not part of my skill set, although right. I would love to. And and you will. You will. Don't worry. That's coming. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it all takes time. <laughs> You know, um, I do want to make mention of, you know, the Divination Tables website, the divinationtable.com, where you can find out all about all the up and coming guests, all about how to contact a reader is every single reader that's on the show that I pick um, has their own listing. So it'll have their contact information, their bio, you know, their email, if they have a website address. So it, anybody that's listening that wants to contact, you know, our beautiful guest, you know, after the show, you'll find a link, which I'll also post, you know, with all of her contact info, with her website, you know, it'll have her picture, it'll have her bio. So you'll have an easy way and a one-stop place to come 
for you could even listen to the shows directly on the site you know so it's all going to be in one place and i will be expanding there's a lot of things going on and i kind of feel the need that i'm going to need to do an events special area on the site with up and coming calendars of events classes workshops you know events that are going on you know things in the community and i just need people that are listening you know to start sending me information you know the divination table dot i'm sorry the divination table at gmail.com so if you have up and coming things you know let me know so i can post them and advertise them and get them listed so that you know all of the beautiful listeners and viewers have some place that they can tune into and know when all of these special events and dates are going to be. Cool. And I will definitely let you know um, when things are coming up, especially for those people who live in the tri-state area and would like to attend the pop-up sessions that Amberzine and I are going to be doing and probably... Um, uh, I, I'm probably speaking ahead of myself, but may, maybe having like you know a special guest also within within the tri-state area that could come and you know do do a class besides whatever else that Amberzine and I are going to be doing. And I think we're going to have a really fun summer. Um, you, you know, doing these little pop-up sessions. I have a lot of interest. I, I have a, a pretty decent Instagram following. So you know, there's people who you know these these people you know want to. Um, learn and they want to be around people who are um, authentic. So, um, and there are a lot of them are young workers, some of them are older workers. So, yeah, we're going to have a great time. And whatever other events that, that are coming up um, in New York that I will be involved in or that I know of that people can attend, I will let you know. I would be most appreciative because, you know, I love promoting, you know, and I love promoting all of the spiritual people in my community, all the ones that support me and lift me and guide me and help me, you know, it's an exchange for me to give back, you know, to all of these beautiful people that have been my guests that have been there for me for years, you know, even previous show that I co-hosted, you know, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be who I am without all of your support. You know, and I love every single one of you. And thank you, Michael. And thank you, everyone who came out to listen tonight. Because this is like maybe my second time at the rodeo. And um, <laughs> I was kind of nervous doing it. <laughs> ah, you shouldn't be nervous. I mean, I, I just have I, this I, way. I don't really speak in public. I'm, yeah. I'm not very good at it. I'm really good on paper. I can speak to someone one-to-one. You know, when I'm doing a reading or something like that, but you know, for the most part, I, I don't, I never did. Yeah, but you know what? Public. Yeah, but you know what? I have this way of having communication in just a certain way that you're going to shine no matter what. Well, you know, you. and you do. You know, before we go, I'd love you to just go over your contact information. You know, how our wonderful listeners and viewers can get a hold of you if they want a reading, order products, you know, learn about your new deck coming. You know, what's the best way to reach you? There's several different ways. So, one is my website, which is MissRainsConjure.com. That's msrainsconjure.com. 
Um, there's my email, rainsconjureshop at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram as uh, Miss Rains Conjure Shop, I believe it is, or Rains Conjure Shop. I think I am on Instagram, Rains underscore underscore Conjure underscore Shop. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Miss Rains Conjure Shop. Also as Magical Empress Inc., which is um, the uh, the umbrella for Real Life Oracle. So if you wanted to come and see what cards I have, well, I don't have all of the cards listed, but I have a majority of them are on Magical Empress Inc., which is on Facebook. So you can come and take a look and see what I have going on there. I also have a Facebook group called Experience Tower Readers and Root Workers. Um, it's a closed group. So, you know, if you wanted to join and, you know, just just come in, you know, where there's no drama, we don't, we don't do that in that group um and we have a pretty you know i think we have like a little over 400 people and you could come in you know join the group and ask questions and post pictures and you know as long as you're respectful and everything like that we are perfectly fine in having you um and we welcome you know new people that are coming in so those are all of the avenues that you can get in contact with me Absolutely wonderful. I popped a lot of that into the chat room as well. Um, I'll be adding those. I might have to double check a couple things with you later to make sure I okay. have all of the contact info correct. Um, but I want to say thank you to all of our wonderful listeners, all the beautiful people in our chat room, you know, that have joined us, you know. Make sure to check out the divinationtable.com for all the up and coming guests. We have a wonderful list of people coming on, you know, just like Layla tonight and all of our guests from the past. Um, would you love to say our final goodbyes for tonight? <laughs> um, I, again, I would like to thank Michael for having me on the show. It's the, the blessing and a, and a pleasure as well. Um, and I would like to thank all of the listeners who came out to uh, hear me tonight. And um, I hope that um, you enjoyed our show. And thank you again. <laughs> and thank you. And we'll see you again next week, Thursday, live at 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of The Divination Table. Have a beautiful night and God bless. Thank you, Michael. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>